Hello, and welcome to the Average Gamers Podcast, Episode 5. We're talking our top 5 and bottom 5 games we've played ever. I'm Rob, and I'm joined today by Caleb. Yo, what's up? And Pez. Hello, everyone. The topic for tonight is our top and bottom 5 games that we've played so far in our lives. Uh, What made those games so loved and so good, and what made the ones that we hated, well, so shit. Um, But yeah, before that, we're going to have a little bit of a catch-up. And uh, tonight is a little bit of an intervention, Pez. Uh, Caleb ready. and I need to tell you something. We're oh, worried no. about you. Because I've been playing Remnant 2. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's been playing Remnant 2. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed that it's really fun. And you mm-hmm. know what? You can have three people in the game. Sounds like a plan, Pez. And like, there's only two of us right now. There's like a spot there. Listen, you cannot force me to play the game. <laughs> Come on. That's, that's what you've said every time before I forced you to play a game. I know, then you force me. How is that fair? <laughs> and then you enjoy them all the time, right? No, not all the time. I and try then you enjoy I try them best. a lot of the time, right? Hey, look, I did enjoy Deep Rock Galactic, that's for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. But, um, yeah, so... And Stone. Um, I've been playing a lot of Remnant 2 with Caleb, of course. Uh, well, it's true that, um, I started playing it, and then because I was playing, you saw me playing it, you started playing it too, right? Yeah, that is correct. How are you finding it so far? Uh, I love it. It's, um, I don't know, it's unique. I like it. Uh, I like Elden Ring a lot, and I watching you play it. I actually didn't think it was going to be very difficult, but turns out actually playing it yourself, it's kind of challenging. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I wouldn't say it's as hard as Elden Ring, but it's no, um, it's not. It's it's a nice difficulty. Yeah, it's challenging enough to be like, oh, this actually makes me feel good when I kill something, but um, not too hard that I want to uh, stop playing it or bite my screen. Because I've died too much. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's really good how you can scale the difficulty by just adding your friends to your game. Yes, I and, did notice actually uh, when we stopped playing together and I kept playing how much faster things were dying when we weren't playing together. Yeah. Wait, are you saying that I was keeping the enemy alive longer somehow or am I uh, are my wires crossed? No, I think yes. I think uh, when you're in a group, uh, they add more health and um, I don't know about mechanics, uh, There was, but there was definitely, it felt like there was more than 100% more health. Right. Um, no, definitely not any new mechanics. But yeah, um, the other thing that I was playing over the weekend was the System Shock remake. I've been playing this for quite a while, just sort of on the weekend breaks. Uh, System Shock is a game that I missed back in the day. Well, it came out in 1994. I, I never had a PC that could run the thing, but it was one of the first immersive sims. I hate that word. Um, I want to call it a first-person RPG. There will be a review coming out for it fairly soon. I'll be I'll be doing that. But it was really enjoyable. I think, though, I would recommend it for people that like the older style of how games were made back in the day because this is a very 
faithful recreation. I'll just say that much. But I enjoyed my time with it. It made me mad a lot because it makes it reminds you about how stupid you are when you are. So, okay, do you remember how stupid you felt when you couldn't ride a bike or you couldn't swim? No. Not really? Um, Yeah, well, I forgot too. But this game reminded me how hard simple tasks can be. And when you find out that all the simple tasks are hard because this AI that it keeps calling you an insect is is manipulating you behind your back. It's like it's like she's your ex-girlfriend and you need to kill her. So I ended up staying up until midnight because I thought like at 10 o'clock, oh, like I'm going to finish this game. We're almost done. And then there was another door. There was just another door I had to open and... That AI was just stopping me. And then I would open that door to find out there was another door. And then eventually it was midnight. And I finished the game. I was like mad. I was so mad at the game. Because it made me feel like like a, like a, I just had an altercation with a bitter ex. But at the same time, like it felt good. Um, but we'll leave that for the review. Uh, yeah, I finished the game. But at what cost? Yeah, at what cost? Well, the funny thing is when you finish it, there's a song that plays. And the song is literally the words, this is what you want, this is what you get, over and over again. And I'm like, you know what? This game's still bullshitting me. Um, (laughs) Other than that, though, I am looking forward... I've been invited to play in a video game alpha um, that I'm looking forward to. I'm still waiting for the invite to come in and that will give me an NDA so I'll know what I can and can't talk about. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that more when I, when I have that. What about you guys? What have you been up to? Well, I, uh, what was I playing? Hitman three, man, that game has kept me going for a couple of weeks now. Been enjoying it quite a lot. I Um, was watching you play it. I think my favorite thing was when you, when you throw a briefcase at someone and it knocks them out. It's just yeah. the comical the f- takeouts. The are physics my of the uh, briefcase flying through the air and how slow it goes is not realistic at all, but it's funny. And if somebody walks around a corner while the briefcase is following them, because it's so slow, it just you see it <laughs> following them. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. There's lots of videos out there um, of people taking out people with briefcases. It's hilarious. And rakes. And rakes. I haven't actually figured out how to do the rakes yet. Um, I'm going to have to look that up because I feel like that would be funny and I see them all the time in the game and I'm like, oh, I really want to use this rank to take somebody out but have no idea how to set it up. I, did you get into the Hitman series, Pez? Um, I played one of the games. I don't know which one, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Is it one of the older one. ones or one of the ones since 2016? I think it was literally just called Hitman 47 and that was it. That's the first one, I think. Probably the first one. Um, I think I, I I can't be sure. I'm not a I'm not a big uh, hitman stan, but mm. I know what it is about throwing the briefcase that is so funny to me, and that is that when he lifts the the briefcase, he throws it, he lifts it over his head vertically. Where I feel like in real life, if I was to throw a briefcase at someone, I would um have it to my one side or the other. But the fact that he yeah. goes like overhead to throw it like a ninja, <laughs> like a 
we because he like he's it's like he's trying to throw an axe. It's like a nipple. Oh yeah, an axe. An axe is a good uh, a good analogy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, played a bit of um, Hitman Three. I was actually not doing story missions. I was mostly doing uh, freelancer mode, which is a uh, it's it's Hitman's roguelike mode. So you start contracts and work your way through campaigns, which you choose yourself. It tells you what you're potentially going to have to do as challenges. So you pick a campaign like uh, it'll say, maybe you have to do sniper kills or silenced pistols kills. And I was like, yes, silenced pistols, my favorite sound in the world. Of course I'll pick that. <laughs> Watch um, the sound game sound episode. Yeah. You'll understand what he's referencing. Um, but yeah, played that until I got bored of Freelancer. Then I finished the game. Then I, uh, I was honestly just watching you stream while I was finishing the game. And I thought, you know, this game looks pretty fun. I'm going to see if I can uh, find it somewhere reasonable. So I did. I yeah, bought it. We've been playing it. it. I've yeah. had a really good time playing it um, in co-op. It's been really good. Yeah, it is fun. The The puzzles, the puzzles are. Um, you like the puzzles? Solving puzzles in any game makes me feel smart. And so yep. this game, because it doesn't tell you anything like it, it, I mean, it does. It it's very cryptic. To solve the puzzle, but yes, yeah. That it, it makes you feel so much smarter when you solve a puzzle that doesn't give anything away. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Pez, what's been happening in your world? Look, um, let's just say the last two weeks have all been Warhammer, because that's right. You had a tournament, right? That's right. This weekend just had a tournament. And in the lead up to that, I've probably played six or seven games. Jeez. So just for for people listening, how long is the average game of Warhammer? You know? Well, it's meant to be three hours, but for setup and pack down, easily four hours. Yeah. And that's after you've bought your $100, like five Space Marines are like $100. And then... You have to build them, paint them, or in Pez's case, just buy them. Like, buy, pay someone to do it for you. Um, 100%. Yeah. So an army could be like um, $3,000, somewhere around there? Yeah, easily 3000 Yeah, you can um, get them cheaper or more expensive, depending on where you go. And then yeah. after all of that, you spend four hours to find out that you aren't very good at the game. well that's my experience no uh i i actually really like warhammer as a as a tabletop hobby i eventually when i when i can't really game to a satisfactory level anymore my plan is to go into warhammer because like how when are you too old to roll dice i don't when you cannot physically roll the dice yeah but i think feel that that age is much higher than the point where you're getting RSI from holding a controller. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so obviously I love Warhammer so much that I get home and then I play some Battle Sector, which I've still been enjoying a lot. Um, yeah, but otherwise I'm, I'm keen to get back into some games in the coming weeks because now tournaments are over. So yeah, I want to play some like Gladius and other things like that. Did you win the tournament? <laughs> listen it sounds like a yes 
Yeah, it sounds like he did. Uh, good job, Piss. Yeah, look, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. You don't <laughs> want to talk about it. Look, I didn't do too well, but um, it was the first time playing a few different armies. Yeah, because uh, you were playing Death Watch, right? Yeah, so I actually borrowed um, your brother's Death Watch. And <laughs> it sounds like sure- you're trying to make a your mama's joke, but he. <laughs> But no, he no, did no, it wrong. Yeah. Your brother's death watch. <laughs> Your brother's death watch. He built the army wrong, damn it. <laughs> no, carry on. Um, and it was fun. Like, I was playing some armies for the first time, like Custodes. Uh, what are they called? World Eaters. Oh, That's yeah. That's so scary. Yeah, don't let them touch you. Yes, literally, pre-game move, advance, charge, they're in my spawn. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I lost all five games, so that was fun. Ooh, I'm sorry to hear that. But you know, like, um, it's a competitive game in the sense that, well, it's just a competitive game. So you're fighting against one on one against another person, and like I found this with any one v one game. I think StarCraft to think chess, if you will, it's always like an opposition of wills and it's always like, do you, you find it, it's mentally draining, right? Oh, hundred percent. You're just you're more mentally tired at the end of the day. Yeah. When you're, you're fighting again, basically you're, you're not really having a real fight in real life. Like you're talking and you're having fun, but, at, but at the same time, internally, there's this huge battle of wills and you're both trying to outsmart each other. Yeah, exactly. Or just roll the dice better. That could work too. Just roll good. Yep. <laughs> Do you think at the end of the day it all comes down to who's feeling more willy? Um Oh, if we're talking Warhammer 40k, uh so I'm I'm not f- super I'm not super familiar with the state of play, but my experience has been that knowing how the rules work is very crucial to being a good general um by that i mean like especially knowing how to manipulate movement understanding that movement is kind of the most important aspect of the game and yes you need to be able to kill your opponent but if you can't maneuver well um and and manipulate those rules because it's an objective based game so Mm. it requires you to stand on certain points People often get, uh, they 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 kind of get caught up in the idea of killing their opponent, which is a viable strategy. But then, what happens if that strategy of kill your opponent doesn't mathematically add up? Well, then you need to understand the, the rest of the game. So you need to be a master of knowing the rules and how you can manipulate things. I think especially movement has been. The thing that I had to learn across eight and ninth, Pez can speak more to tenth though. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely still movement, but knowing the rules, knowing your opponent's army, like really helps a lot. Yeah, but yeah, it was still really fun, so I'm not complaining at all. No, it's like um, when I did bodybuilding, I didn't come, I didn't place anywhere high, but the experience of getting there and you know getting up on stage, uh. Having your photo taken, you know, being there with with other people that are interested in the same thing, it's all valuable. Yeah, for sure. And well, you looked damn good doing it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> that sounds so vain. <laughs> okay. Uh, should we get into the topic for tonight? Let's do it. All right, we're prepared. All right, moving into our topic for tonight, um, we're going to talk our top five and bottom five games we played ever in our life. Obviously, this is just for funsies. Like, uh, there are thousands of games that we've played. It's um, I, I was... Pez is actually the one that recommended this idea, and I thought at the time, yeah, hey. top five and bottom five, or was it you? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> what? I swear it was me. I well, swear we... We'll have to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Anyways, um, if it was either of you or both of you, I'm mad. Because, like, how do I distill down thousands of games, uh, like hundreds of them that I've played? I could probably have a top 50 and a bottom 50, and I, I still would have more to say. But I've tried best as I can to do top five and bottom five, and, and you guys have done that too. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll go one of our, t uh, these are in no particular order, one of our top uh, five, and then we'll each list one of those, and then one of our bottom fives, and we'll go from there. Sounds goog. Who wants what? to start? You know what? I think Pez should start. Oh, no. Here we go. Okay. I'm so, so excited. Pick. Let's do it. I'm excited because there are some bangers. On this list. You should hope so. They're your top <laughs> five favorite games. Um, look, I'll start with probably the oldest one. And this gives me some of the best memories. Obviously, some best music. If you've seen the sound episode. Command and Conquer Red Alert. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I think that was... It might not have been the first RTS that I played, but... Like I would spend, I played on PlayStation and PC. Um, I'd literally go into the music section of the game and just turn on the best tracks. That's right. It had the track list that you could play at any time. You could change the track as well. Uh, yeah. I love games that do that. I don't know why. What's, is it, is it arrogance? Is it arrogance that like games feel like, no, this is this music you need to listen to right now. So you're not allowed to change it. Is it, is that what it is? I know that a lot of games have, um, kind of like a, a music flow, like a music director. So when you're in combat, it changes the music and then it flows back into, you know, the serene music after combat. I know that it would mess with that stuff, but I think in a lot of games, they should let you do that. Still. Yeah, like a game like uh, the one that I immediately thought of when he said that was um, Tony Hawk's. And I think it started, actually, I think it was even from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. You could go into the menu and change the song. So yeah, good. Like, Bring in, back in that a game where, Yeah, in a game where the, the uh, specific soundtrack isn't tied to what you're doing in game at, the, at the, that point in time, I think you should be able to change tracks whenever you want. Yeah, like set music is good, but... If you're playing an RTS battle for an hour, you should be able to. Go yeah, you're telling the game what you're doing. Like exactly, it's, it, like the the um the mammoth tanks are rolling out. It's time for hell march. Yes, you know it. <laughs> my two zealots are heading towards my friend's base, and they're about to rickroll him and make him so angry. I want this music. <laughs> exactly. Are you um, speaking from? Uh... No. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, sorry. Red alert. 
Yes, red alert. Let's not forget the amazing cutscenes that they had in there and like the mission briefings you would get. Yes. They and need to carried, bring they yes, need to bring, bring back. back um live action cutscenes in games. Like I know as as the the customer that there can be. I know. It's but it's okay to make something cool and and funny. It doesn't have to be like the super serious thing. Just do it with class, like Command and Conquer has always done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like do you remember the scene was it Nadia? Probably Nadia, yep. Nadia with with Stalin. Look, it's been a long time, but Okay, well, I, I mean I can still see it play in my head. Yeah, there were there were there was at least one scene where with the Soviet campaign where I was like I was a young teenage boy <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is this is kind of hot." It's not actually it's what it's a PG thirteen game, so it's not like that really. But as a young teenage boy, I was like, "That's a bit racy." Mm. Yeah, like it spoke to you a little bit. I mean, yeah. yes, well, yeah, yeah, and in the same way, two barrels on a tank turret does as well. Oh, now the tanks were so good, subs were so good. Um, the dogs that could jump halfway across the map and kill <laughs> <Yes>. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> unless there was a yeah like you probably missed out on this so you could um, make attack dogs red alert 2 is probably better for this but uh yeah you can make attack dogs and the leap like so they they would get a certain distance away from the enemy and then they would go into their leap animation and it was some ungodly distance if you were like considering the scale it would be something like a five meter five no, it's it's even longer. It would be like a ten like meter jump. Ten meter, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a wow. ten meter jump, and just going straight from jump to instantly dead and feasting on their their entrails. <laughs> yeah, it was so powerful. Well, it wasn't because a dog died in one hit to a, to a Tesla coil or pretty much anything else. So like, you had to plan. But yeah, dogs were really cool. I think that's what Red Alert did really well. Is that it's not necessarily a balanced game, but everything in it was fun to use. It was like, it's always fun to use dogs. It's fun to burn things with flame towers. It's fun yeah. to electrocute things as well. Yes. True. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. All right. Uh, Caleb? I'm going to start out with uh, a record breaking game and a game that I personally have enjoyed over 250 hours of. Is it PGA Golf? It is Grand Theft Auto V. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It, uh, that was, we were talking about games that are like, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than, I'm pretty sure you use the word wow moments. Yeah, I'd say that GTA V was one of those. Yeah. And the not only for the fact that the actual gameplay and the game design and the level design and everything itself, the graphics for the time, like I remember playing it on Xbox 360 the night that it came out and loading it up and being like, holy crap, I cannot believe the graphics that this game has on the Xbox 360 compared to other games that are supposedly better. And I don't know, it, it was it was a wow moment game. And the fact that it's still 
so active and that it spawned a whole bunch of other stuff. Like I, I was a huge fan of uh, GTA roleplay for a long time, like, which is the um, they use mods to basically make their own servers in the GTA 5 world and people just live out lives as characters that they create. And I think the big draw for me with that was, you, you know, Rob, yeah. I've been doing some like acting classes and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, and for me, that's a, like being able to go in and create your own character and act it out in a world where you pretty much have the creative freedom to do whatever you want. That's really appealing to me. Yeah, no, totally. And did you, I how mean, much role play did you do? Um, personally, I, I think I did it for about two weeks and my intention was to get good at it and then stream, but due to life and the nature of the setup that I have at home, it wasn't feasible for me to do. I just don't have the time or the space to be able to freely talk and basically live another life, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, no, understand. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sharing a room with my wife who watches TV. And so for me to be able to like get into his own and have it to the kind of quality where other people who I'm interacting with don't hear background noise so that it's not taking them out of their immersion, it's just um, really hard for me to do. Yeah, okay. But would you say that on launch though, even before the role-playing, it was an amazing, uh, amazing game? And I, like, I know it is. Oh, yeah. Pretty much because it got it's it's one of those games that got a lot of ten out of tens, and I know that we don't really necessarily trust reviews, but also the user reviews kind of say the same thing. So it's it's hard to argue, even though I'm not a GTA Andy. But yes, yeah, it it is. um, It's definitely a thing that people love. I love just getting as many stars as possible running over as many people as possible and not using guns. Just like, I'll try and... So the way I do it is I'll get a car, I'll steal a car in front of a cop, and then I'll wait for the cop to get out of their car to arrest me, and then I run them over and I take their car. And then I'll wait for the ambulance and run over the paramedic and then take the ambulance and so on and so forth with the hopes that I will eventually get a tank. And that's like the, the whole game for me. Um, I don't have an interest in the world, but I do realize that I am I am the weird one in this. Nah, I think a lot of people play like that. What like, about you, me, Pez? Did you get into it? I have not played a GTA game in my life. Not wow. one. Okay. <sighs> Explain yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> no, look, I think, I, and this is judgmental of me. Like, I'll just look at a game, I'll watch a trailer, and I'll be like, that just doesn't look like my game. No, I totally do that too. Yeah, I do that for sure. I'm guilty. I think and most people are guilty. They're just dishonest about it. Yeah, dishonest. So, like, you know, for me, I just want to play a fantasy game. I want to play a sci-fi game. I don't really want to play a real life gangster game, even though it can be fun. It's just at the bottom of my list. You know uh, what? I, th- I yeah, think you it, go. Oh, I was just going to say like, it's, I think, I don't know if that's just you being reductive 
and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but like you going, that's what it looks like a real life gangster game, but it's um, the story's like quite, quite uh, deep in the single player modes. I don't think I've ever played like the, the GTA games are actually really well known for their story and how well written the characters are and how well written the world shaping is that you experience along the way. Okay. Even even the older games, like um, I wasn't really a free roam person. I, I used to be a very um, finish the story mode in games fast person. And I feel like the GTA games have always done the story really well. Interesting. Okay. I So it's funny because I'm listening to both your points and I'm thinking, wow, you both make so much sense because Pez just perfectly encapsulated why I'm not into GTA is because sci-fi is cool to me. Fantasy is cool. I already live in the real world. So why would I want to play a game where I'm kind of like doing this similar things that you do in the real world? And you're right. That is extremely reductive <laughs> because, <laughs> but it's like, it's just how it is. Like sometimes I look at something and I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I did play, I didn't play a lot of five. I played um, San Andreas 3 and Vice City. Yeah. Yeah. A fair amount. Enough to know that I, I, but to be fair, a lot of that time it was at a friend's house. So it's not like we were playing the story together. So it's yeah. very possible that yes, if Pez or I, I played the game through the story, we would get hooked too. But also, it's just not an alluring um, bait for people with receding hairlines. <laughs> or at least two of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will give you my first one. <clears throat> On my top five. Is, Here we go. It's Dark Souls. Who could have thought? Who would have oh, guessed? Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> um, Dark Souls is a game that I, I almost don't want to even say this because I feel like people listening to this will be like, okay, here we go again. Do we have to listen to about how good Dark Souls is? Like, mm. like um, I feel like a lot of people almost, they are sick of hearing about how Elden Ring is the best game ever made. Uh, but for me, it's Dark Souls because it was the first time I got to experience that feeling that a lot of people had about Elden Ring. Elden Ring didn't give me that in the same way. Yes, it was very good. It's a very good game and I love playing it. Um, but Dark it is very, it's something very special about your first one. It's, it's my first love, uh, so to speak. But what I really liked about it, like, yes, it has that punishing but very fair gameplay that we've all come to know and love it has the the whole soul bonfire system that we've all come become familiar with in souls games but it had a world that was just so intriguing to me if you ever watch the cinematic for the start of it it's a lot like the prologue to lord of the rings where they're they're giving out the rings like oh one ring to the dwarves one ring to the uh the elves instead though it's one soul to um dwarves, the lord of cinder <laughs> yeah the, and the furtive pygmy that that is forgotten 
But what I love about it so much is I know that the creator made the story in a very particular way that I don't think even today a lot of people get. The creator is Japanese. When he made it, it's because when he was a kid, he would read English novels about knights and and princesses, but he couldn't understand all of it. So he only understood, he only ever had parts of the story and he had to kind of piece it together and kind of like stitch the story together with um, imagination as the glue. I kind of... I kind of get that as someone that um, has started learning another language. My wife is Chinese, so I, I'm learning Chinese. But that is what I really fell in love with in Dark Souls. In a way, the narrative is another part of the game. Getting as close to a complete narrative is part of the game. I loved piecing that together and I felt like it was a community wide event and because it was kind of new it wasn't as big as what Elden Ring was so it's not like everyone posted on Twitter everything about the game you couldn't just look up everything mm. so you had YouTubers that would that specialized in telling the lore of Dark Souls and that to me was such a cool like campfire moment where you would go online and you'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn about this, this character that, uh, like I'm going to learn about Quaylog. Quaylog's actually one of my favorite characters. I love that. It captured my imagination. It's the kind of game that when I went to sleep, I would dream about it. Um, and I think that to me is the test uh, that like, if you want to know if a game's good, if you're still thinking about it while you're trying to go to sleep or you're trying to work, and you can't work because you're thinking about a video game. That's how you know it was. It, it really captured you. Uh, but yeah, I think that's also why a lot of people got confused about Elden Ring being up for narrative best narrative in Game of the Year awards. Is because a narrative doesn't really have to be told to you in a linear fashion for it to be a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why Dark Souls, it it, it, um, it shook up a lot of what I thought gaming should be. Also, it, it, it was really just intricate in how the world was, um, well, it's a Metroidvania, so a lot of it loops back on itself, but it feels very clever. It feels like there's no space that's wasted, and it's all kind of like, it's very neat. Um, I actually prefer the world of Dark Souls over Elden Ring. That's a story for another time. That's why Elden Ring mm-hmm. isn't isn't the top one. Um, El- uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> like, I love the setting. And again, I look at that and I think, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind playing this game. And you remember I did play it once. Did I you? I played number three. Yep. Oh, you started three. Yeah. And <laughs> I couldn't get past the first boss. So I just uninstalled. <laughs> that was a bit rough i should have kept going but well no like not every game has to be for every person like that's why we're gonna have a top five and i think um not everyone will have the same top five how boring would that be well neither of you well not neither of you but pez hasn't even played a gta that one actually shocked me yeah spoiler alert two of those are in my top five (laughs) oh (laughs) okay 
let's move on to uh, one of our bottom fives, starting with Pez. Okay, bottom five. So I'll kick it off. Now, this one, a lot of people refunded. It was. Oh, my goodness. Bless online. Oh, I saw, <laughs> I saw that you and my brother were getting into it and you were at the time, at the time I had the blessing of not being, um, in the loop. Like I wasn't focused on video games, so I kind of missed it and I'm so grateful looking back, but go on, yes. please unravel this disaster before us. Oh man. Look again, this one, perfect fantasy setting, uh, I think it was a MMO. Yes, it is. So it was. Um, I don't. I think it had the holy. No, I don't know if it had the holy trinity or not. But um, yeah, we we're lucky. Ken. You might want to explain the holy trinity for people that don't know. I should probably also explain. Okay, so GTA Online is a third-person um, sandbox game where you're in a city and you do crime you steal cars and and stuff but it does have a good story about gangsters dark souls is a japanese take on medieval a medieval world but the whole world is dying and you're kind of just sifting through the ashes of what is left of the world there's a lot of really difficult boss fights you can choose where to go but it's um it's it's a difficult game um it's punishing but rewarding bless is it is i believe a third person rpg mmo it is an mmo yeah yeah and third person so you can zoom in and out up and down yeah and it's fantasy right yeah it's all about medieval magic all that sort of stuff um yeah so the holy trinity is you have a tank a healer and the dps who does damage and that's that's like world of warcraft all that sorts of thing um but this game started out good but then you run into lots of bugs and I believe there was a cash shop, which you could easily get ahead in the game. So and you could buy. Was it yeah. pay to win from the outset? What kind of bugs were they? Oh, like monsters would get stuck. You'd have to restart a quest every now and then because it just broke. Oh no. Uh, yeah. And like you could buy uh, teleports from the thing you could buy. XP potions. So if you had money, you could get ahead. Okay. Yeah. So just trash. Yeah. And unfortunately, I tried to refund it, but because I played about 14 hours, they denied it. <laughs> it's a little uh, bit over the, the refund window. <laughs> yeah. But you live and learn. Um, apparently, I think it got relaunched again much later. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it did too. It did. Uh, I remember this news and I was like, why? Uh, but I think it's even more pay to win now and it probably has NFTs in it. I don't know. I don't, 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 I can't confirm or deny. Yeah. So moral of the story, just forget about that game and <laughs> don't play it. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Look, it was a, a learning experience. Yeah. What about you, Caleb? Ooh. Well, I think probably one of the I was really tossing up whether or not to say this because it was a it was a game that I really enjoyed playing, but I hated what the devs did to it or how how it was made more moreover. Uh it's your bottom five. You can say whatever you want. 
I know, but it's <laughs> okay. This is a spicy take for me and you. I think Fury might have been one of my bottom five. <laughs> That's the game we always talk about, and no one knows anything about it for good reason because it's dead. <laughs> Yes, and that's that's why it's my bottom five because the game had so much potential and I loved playing it, but I hate that I cannot play it anymore. No, I totally get this. Um, so when I, I I review people's Steam profiles on um on Twitch pretty often, so I've seen this a lot. People only review games that they thought were going to be good but were really bad or they were expecting nothing and it really impressed them no one ever very few people go and look at elden ring and then say to themselves i'm gonna write a review for elden ring because they just assume oh everyone knows that this game is good i'll just um i'll just i won't say anything it's a lot like um in emergency situations if there are is someone dying on the side of the road and there's a whole bunch of people standing around most people won't go and help that dying person because they assume that someone else is already uh already on the task and that's why it's so important that if you're a first responder you give people jobs but if you're the only person there and you see a person dying on the ground you you feel like you're responsible for this so you will take action immediately that's mm. how a lot of people see those things so fury is like Absolutely. It um you you can only really get hurt by things you love, right? Yep. And Fury is definitely one of those. For me anyways. It's very personal. Yep. I can chime in. I actually bought the game. Didn't play it for a few months, and that's when the servers all got shut down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like so I didn't get a chance to play it. Yeah, so you got saved. But I still spent the money on it. Yeah. So, what what would what would you say was the bad thing about it? What what puts it in the bottom five? I think uh, okay. The well, probably the thing that killed it too was the fact that it was so difficult to get into. It had a really high skill floor. Agreed. It it wasn't a game that you could just pick up and play with your friends and go, oh yeah, like we had a really great time because. If you hadn't played it before, you most likely got stomped for the first month or so of playing. Yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, games like Dota and League of Legends are exactly like that, but people still accept Yes. Them. I yeah, do think, I... though, that the difference is that Fury had 24 hotbar skills that you could just freely put abilities into, whereas in League of Legends, it's your character has four abilities. And there's there's a lot less variance than Fury had. Like, do you remember... Okay, do you remember this build? Sometimes you would be a healer, and a healer had uh, water charges and air, or water and nature, because you, you could never have fire. Um, yep. But what you would do is you would have a, a an orb, um, because you're a caster, but then you would also use one of your slots because the slots for abilities were also for weapons yep. so you could weapon swap so what you would do is you would put a saw a short sword in one of your options and when your team was you thought your team was going to die you'd sh swap to the short sword and turn it change your class into a champion and then cast the self res yeah so then as soon as um 
so and then you would let the enemy kill you you would like kite the enemy away let them kill you and then self-res yourself come back to your team and keep healing yes but like that was such a a high um you have to be playing the game for months to even figure that out because you had so many trash abilities that were uh, weren't useful. Also, remember that the skills were level one to uh, ten as well, which affected yeah. their their weighting on how many abilities you had. And it had dumb things like uh, this should never be in a game. Anything that is a buff that increases your movement, that's on a timer. So you had accelerate for twenty four seconds, I think it was, but you always had it on your bar. Everyone had it on their bar. So why is it even there? Why are you just randomly pressing a button every ten, 24 seconds? Just make it on, just re- increase the speed of the game and remove that ability. Yep. Yeah. Or make it cost free. something because like it didn't yep. cost anything to cast. So every build had it. But yeah, anyways, that's what, like very in depth. Uh, I think a lot of the problems from, because I was part of the, <laughs> I was part of the QA. So I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, they had really bullshit affixes on the armor sets. Things like if you hit me, there's a three percent that you chance you get stunned or knocked back. Mm-hmm. Those were always stupid, um, and they removed them, but they didn't take them away from old players. So it made it even worse. So old players were that were better than you. Also, you could never catch up to them because they had this legacy armor that just stunned you or knocked you back when you attacked them. Yeah, it was... uh... It was very player unfriendly. Oh, yeah, and also where you get your abilities. Like, you had to travel to different schools. Because originally, the plan was for it to be an MMO and you would quest and then you would gain your abilities. But because it's PvP-focused, like... Why are you why are you earning these abilities in a PvP game where the objective is to make a fair game? So they they removed mm-hmm. that like uh, a couple of months before launch, but they still had the infrastructure of going to these 50 different vendors all across the hub world. <laughs> so yeah, there were a lot of problems. Yes. In spite of how fun it was. Pez? No, you Pez said bless. Rob? What's your bottom five? Okay, I mean, sorry. Yeah, I, like I, I just took over there and <laughs> yeah. ranted. Sorry. <laughs> I knew it would be a uh, a talking topic. Yeah. Okay. Um, my bottom five. <clears throat> I have three point four hours playing this trash game. It is complete and utter garbage, and it should not be recognized for anything other than bringing a new genre into the view of the public. And that's PUBG Battlegrounds. Oh wow. my god! I um, hate that game. Wow, it's so dumb. Okay. Um, this is a game that everyone told me was good, and that I'm going to love it. I bought the game. I installed the game, and I was like, "This runs like garbage. This runs like it's something from the Unity store." But. Everyone tells me, no, 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 this is actually really good. And then so you go into the island and there's a bunch of naked people running around punching each other. And you do that for a while while the game decides what teams to go. And 
then either you're going to have the best game of your life or you're going to die immediately on contact with the ground. Now, like, there are, there is variance. I understand that the gambling aspect is part of the game, but I feel like it's a loot box. The whole experience is a loot box. Um, so, but it's not that. I know that BRs are very popular. I know that, like, uh, Apex is not on my list. Fortnite is not on my list of bad games, even though I don't like them. PUBG was actually just a really bad game. It had bad hit registration. It was clunky. Uh, you couldn't control it very well. Also, like, why is it in third person? It just enables camping even more. And I've got a story about this. This is why I'm mad about it, because the game that I was going to win... I was I was I was almost at the end. I almost won. There were like four people left and I was running to the center and I saw this shack and I'm like this shack is my shack. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to I'm going to win the game. So I walk into the shack and some asshole from behind the door, he doesn't have he he has the temerity to shoot me in the back with a shotgun. And then I see his name. It's Pezzinator. Oh, no. <laughs> he wasn't even... He just signed up to this... Like, it just it's just fate. We were in the same game. But you cancelled my only chicken dinner. I'm uh. not even sorry. <laughs> no, but that is not the... That's not the reason I, I dislike the game. I dislike the game because it controls really badly. It's not a very good, uh, well-made game. It's just popular because it's a popular genre. And it was the first one. And it's not yeah. very popular now in comparison to the ones that do it better. So I think time has proven me right. It's just at the time it was exciting. It was an exciting thing to be a part of. But man, it was bad. <laughs> that's 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 my one. Okay, can I chime in on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You chime because, away. Because lo and behold, it's on my worst list as well. Wow. Really? So even even bullshitting me and and like ruining my life wasn't good enough for you i had to ruin my own life as well <laughs> well tell, tell us about it what what are your reasons similar or um yes so obviously this was way back when it was very glitchy you fall to the ground and die but i remember i don't know if you were with me or it could have been ken a guy popped up and I'm looking at him maybe 20 meters away and I unload a full clip from an AK like into his body and he just pulled a Neo and dodged every single one got me with a headshot and I think that's when I just uninstalled the game. Were they speaking in Chinese? <laughs> I don't remember. Because it didn't take long for um the same i don't know if if we were playing on asia servers because that's the that's the thing in australia is we have such a low population often our games are put onto asian servers and we have a lot of we're we end up playing against a lot of chinese players but the ping difference between them like they have high ping to the server we have high ping to the server so it's always horrible yeah it was usually never a good time. All right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, PUBG Battlegrounds, bad game. All right. Time for uh, another top game, though. Are we still friends? 
<laughs> Wait, who's friends? Are we are we still friends, Caleb? Yeah, yeah, okay, we can good. still be friends. Yeah, good, good, okay. Um, <laughs> Pez, your next top game, number two. Well, it's not in numerical order, but it's the second one. Okay, I'm gonna go from the past to the future, and this game. I'm sure everyone's played one of these games, and that is Half-Life Alex. So Half-Life Alex is a VR game, virtual reality. Um, it only took me 11 hours to complete, but it was one of my first VR games, and it was polished to absolute perfection. Because um, I think it was Valve's or whoever's first time going into VR, and they wanted to make a killer game. It was Valve, yeah. Yeah, to set the standard. And I really think it did. Like, the controls were great. It was smooth. Um, the did voice it make acting, you dizzy? Uh, maybe the first time I played for, like, 20 minutes. But then you just Isn't get it made you it. dizzy for 20 minutes or you played it for 20 minutes and then you were dizzy afterwards? No, so... You start the game and you get your bearings and you become better. And then it takes about 20 minutes to get your feet. Yeah, just get good, be better. Of yeah, course. just get good. Yeah. I don't have a VR headset, so I haven't experienced it. But I do know that the Half-Life series is very appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I only played this because I played Half-Life 2, which was an incredible game. Um, yeah, the graphics... For a VR game, the graphics are absolutely insane. And, like, they thought of everything. Like, 11 hours, extremely... It was $90, I believe, but it was totally worth it for me. I think 11 hours is probably a good time for a VR game. As you think about... Like, can you imagine, you know, trying to play through a 40-hour game in VR? Where it's, I, I mean, it's not, it might not be hugely physically demanding, but it's more physically demanding than sitting at a computer. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because, like, the game actually makes you, you got to duck, you got to bend on your knee, you've got to. Yeah. So 40 that. hours of that. <laughs> you might, you might have legal complaints from people that have injured themselves. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I used to play VR games till I got an arrow in the knee. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I think the missions went for maybe 45 minutes each and then you can save at any point. Um, and it gives you all the different movement controls. So if you do get dizzy and you don't want to walk, you can like teleport. Okay. So yeah. that's a thing in, in VR. Yes. Most um, games, they solve the, the dizziness issue by letting you teleport. Yeah. Um, what... And can you describe what aspect of it was that, that made it stand out to you? Because for me, a lot of VR games are a slice of something that's cool, but they're never a complete game. And I'm guessing that this one kind of married all of the aspects together, and it felt like if this was uh if this was made on PC, even like even if this was just a PC game, it would be a really good game. Where I find like a lot of VR games. If they were just a game that you could buy in, in, uh, and play on a screen, they wouldn't be fun. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I agree with that. I think this was definitely made for VR. 
because like looking down the gun sights and just having that laser pointing down with perfect precision was amazing. Right. Um, you have to solve puzzles like in every Half-Life game. So just going around, looking at things, actually, actually moving your body around to solve the puzzles. Like that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It just gives you the full atmosphere, the music, the smoke, the dust, <laughs> rats going around. Dude, it's crazy. Talk- what are you talking about? The music? Do you, do Everything, you listen- bro. Do you listen to this? The music, the smoke, smoke, the dust, <laughs> the dust. and the rats. Well, it's, it's different when you're in VR and you're walking through like... No, yes. So the world detail is what captured you. I just... It's just the order of things that you lose. Yeah, that was a bad order. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it is a really... <laughs> I mean, I can confirm because Dark Souls has rats in it too, and it's a top game, so it like correlates perfectly. But, so let me clarify. Yes. Because it's a suspenseful game. When those little things happen, it adds to the overall. Yeah, it's feel. it's immersive, and um, the attention to detail really captured you. So yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm <laughs> it's just a funny way of saying it. Uh, all right, Caleb, you're number two for the top five games. Well, my number two, I think it was another WoW game. To be honest, uh, a WoW moment game. Sorry, that was Skyrim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Pez's top list as well. 100% it is. Um, that was another one that I bought on release. And I hadn't really, like, I played Oblivion a bit, like maybe 20 hours or so, and was kind of one of the sort of people who was like, oh, I don't really get what this is about and just sort of like faffed about. Not I had that experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Played Skyrim and was like, this is one of the best games I've ever played in my whole life at wow. the time. No, and I, I mean, still, it's like, still, it's still very good. Yeah, so the I played it originally on um, Xbox 360 again, uh, and I played the heck out of that game. I'm pretty sure I finished like most of the side quests and all of the main quests, and I think the only thing that stopped me from completing everything is accidentally getting an NPC killed with a dragon that I didn't realize until like near the end of the game when I was like, oh, I can't actually Oh my actually goodness, was it, was it, was it the awesome. mage castle? It was. Yeah, yeah, I I almost had the same, I had the same thing happen and I reloaded the game. Yeah, I didn't realize that someone had died and so I came back a long time later and the quest indicator arrow was pointing at them and they were down at the bottom of the cliff dead. <laughs> I was that's like, good. okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a game that's um we so we make fun of it for keep re, they keep re-releasing Skyrim every year like it's something new. But yeah, the community has been keeping that game alive forever, and now with uh AI companions, you know, oh yeah, maybe another ten years. Some of those AI companion videos, like if if you haven't. If you haven't watched anything about the AI companions in Skyrim, you go should and look watch it up. Some of, yeah, and the Skyrim VR videos are even funnier in my opinion, especially like the interaction people have with characters around them and the AI companion reacting to the interactions is just great content. Yeah, 
I'm very interested. Like, I know a lot of the AI companions are kind of they they take the more humorous approach to because they're not the developers. They're not trying to make the companions really fit into the world, yeah. so to speak. Like a lot of the times, you'll say something to the companion, and they'll um they'll give you the MCU snapback. It's like t- Captain America talking to Iron Man, yeah. um, all the time. But it proves a precedent that you can do this, and you can probably massage that AI. And I think maybe going forward, we might see game devs take that up as as a thing. It could be very interesting. It, it needs the right rails. I think like some constraint in what it does. If you want, if you want a world that's immersive, but, but also if you don't want a world that's, uh, that's like consistent and you just want to go hog wild, then it's great for that too. Yeah, Uh, it was, um, it's fantastic to see people speaking, speaking to an AI and the AI interpreting the words that are coming through and responding to it in real time, like you're having a conversation with a person. Oh. Like that's, that's the video I watched was hilarious because, so I think, I can't even remember who it was, but all I remember is they picked up an NPC by the head in Skyrim VR, held them up, said to the uh, companion, this person, yeah, this person's not a good person. We don't like this person. And then the AI companion was like, okay, and then pulled their sword out and started attacking the person. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I just heard you say that it's like talking to a real person, which uh, it makes the old cocks spin in my head. Uh, how long until AI girlfriends? Not long enough. I mean, not soon enough. <laughs> not soon Wait, enough. I'm waiting. You're a married man. How dare you say this? <laughs> oh, yeah, but I know a lot of people who would benefit from an AI girlfriend. Uh, yeah, he's thinking of me. <laughs> I didn't say that. The funny thing is that you'll get AI girlfriends, but you'll only be able to afford the budget ones, and it's going to be at least a tier seven subscription to some AI corporation uh, for the 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 cat ears. Yep. Yeah. Or you get ads. <laughs> or you get ads. Yeah, you can't see or take her top off. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Anyway, Skyrim. Um, Skyrim. I it was a it was a really awesome game. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was a wow moment for me, but it is the only game that I have ever platinumed. Wow. Hundred percented. It's fairly easy to to hundred percent too because it's it's uh it doesn't require you to do everything in the game to hundred percent it which is interesting. That actually surprises me that you, I, I didn't pick you as an Elder Scrolls fan. I'm, I played a lot of Morrowind actually, wow. but I didn't, I didn't like the start of Oblivion and I didn't stick with it long enough to, uh, sink its hooks into me. But Skyrim, okay. I knew it was going to be a big deal. Um, it has that banger, uh, <laughs> the the Doverkin theme song that hyped me yeah. up so yeah. i just bought it on release played it on playstation 3 um and yeah like it's not a it's not a perfect game by any means like i think the combat is pretty bad <laughs> as in like you go from being very fairly weak and then you just get um 
you just tweak your stat your stats a little bit and uh, i think by halfway through the game you pretty much one shot anything unless you start mm. bumping up the difficulty to match your power level yeah. you know and once you get the daedric armor it's like it's pretty much over for everyone i really like the thief quest um the the thief's guild thief's guild yeah. yeah i didn't like being a vampire werewolf was okay yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually do the vampire quest. I did the werewolf quest, and uh, that wasn't for me. Okay. To be fair, I think the werewolf one is fairly early on. Yeah. Um, and it's not the best one, in my opinion. Uh, my favorite was definitely the thieves guild. Uh, I actually never did the thieves guild quests. Oh come on, man! That's that I- gives you the armor that makes you look like Moon Knight. Don't you like Moon Knight? Yeah, but I can't be a bad person. I have to be a good person. How many how many women have you slept with in Skyrim? That's irrelevant. Is that irrelevant to being a good person? Were those were those women married to other people? Are we talking about the use of mods here? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the mod where they put um, the sombreros and mustaches on the dragons, but I also, I don't mod games very often. Uh, so I just played vanilla Skyrim. I think it was a very good experience. I think that they really achieved what they were going for in the go anywhere, more or less do anything yep. uh, kind of thing that Todd Howard now only lies about. They achieved it in Skyrim, and ever since then, it's been a lie. <laughs> Hopefully, they figure it out. Fallout 4 was pretty good with that. Okay, all right, all right. I didn't play that one, so um, I'm more so referencing Fallout 76. We'll see with Starfield. Uh, I hope for good things. Yeah, I see. Fallout okay, okay. Whatever you want to say about 76 being good now, it definitely wasn't what they said it was. No, it wasn't. You're yeah. right. But I didn't expect it to be much more than what it was already. And so I wasn't really disappointed. And it wasn't that I went into it going, this isn't really going to be a great game. I pre-purchased, pre-purchased, pre-ordered it and uh, played the beta where they, they, it was at some ungodly hour for us, like 4 a.m. or something. But I woke up and played in the beta hours because I wanted to see what it was like. And I enjoyed the crap out of that game for so long, but it really needed you to be playing with other people to get the full enjoyment out of it. Do you know what else is fun with other people? Remnant 2. Don't. Yes, but also um, A4 pieces of paper. That's what I will say when people say that games are fun with friends. It's like, (laughs) it's a bad game, but it's really fun with your friends. Uh, See, I don't think it's a bad game. Uh, I would still play it alone. It's. I'm just uh, not playing it currently. I'm playing other things. No, fair enough. Everyone has has one of those, and I I'm definitely not the objective truth of what's good and what's bad in video games. That's just yeah. how I feel about it. Um. Okay. So is it? Wait. It's up to you, friendo. It's up to me. Okay. My number two for the top five. This is going to be <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots. Uh, this one is the choice because I can't say the whole series. But mm. I mean the story of the whole series. Minus five, I didn't like five as much as one through four. Um, but that's not to say that five was terrible. It's just not 
of the same ilk, um, in my opinion. But uh, Guns of the Patriots is the cu- kind of the culmination of the series. It is uh, where the story ends for Solid Snake. And yeah, like I like how the Metal Gear series attempted to be this cinematic epic. It's kind of like the opposite of Dark Souls. It, like one and two are opposites of each other. Uh, Dark Souls tells you nothing and expects you to go and search for everything. Metal Gear will spend 10 minutes, like two characters will talk for 10 minutes, explaining the advantages and drawbacks of a silencer on a pistol. Until like you absolutely understand how silencers work on guns, even though so you've never touched one. But... And like you're like, why is why are you doing this? But that spends so much time on the finer details of things that it's almost like it's bullshitting its own um its own fiction into our reality because they mix fact and fiction so frequently within it that it's like it almost becomes a believable world. It's like, oh yeah, I can see how that works. If you put it together like that, then it all works because like you, you cannot understand that they're talking about silences and pistols and like I know that they basically took that from um from from real knowledge in our world. But then they're also like, oh yeah, there's this guy called Vamp and he doesn't die because of nanomachines. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I can yeah. see how that could work because the silencer on the pistol is well explained, and this seems well explained, so they must be the same. Um, I think if you you've, it's kind of a, a prevalent storytelling thing in anime, but it's more believable here because it's not told with two uh, D images. But yeah, uh, what I like a lot about the Metal Gear series in general, and for being kind of like the end point of that, was that it is. A really good stealth game with a lot of options. I don't think it's the most technical stealth game, but I think that the stealth was very good and it offered you a lot of choice, but it still had enough constraints on it that you had to be creative with how you att- you attempted your, um, your run through the levels. So that's what I liked about it. I think that a lot of stealth games nowadays aren't very popular anymore because, well, let's... So I think the stealth games aren't very popular anymore because they keep shoving them into games like Forspoken or Assassin's Creed as like one thing that you do in the level and the mechanics of them are so bad, everyone just hates stealth. But when the game is built around your ability to either be stealthy or take a slightly more aggressive approach and the the mechanics of the whole game work around that, it's very good. Like, I think very good stealth games usually have not, they're not realistic in the sense of their stealth. They're more like they have very defined and predictable rules that allow the player to make good choices and like they're rewarded for making good choices. So I can think of an example of this uh, in Dishonored, which is another game that's fairly good with stealth, but the, uh, the, the guards have vision cones on their eyes and each eye is a vision cone. But the problem is, is that those vision cones are attached to their their head model. So when they swing around their neck, their entire vision moves around like a like a flailing sea serpent or something. Like it, it's just like suddenly their vision is here and then flick, it flicks from left to right suddenly and then it suddenly turns to the back. And that as someone playing a stealth game, 
um, when that that those kinds of things happen, and it's like, oh, he saw me. He he, the guard saw me because he stretched. He entered a stretch animation, then he turned his head to the le- left, where he doesn't normally do that. Those kinds of um, things that are realistic are really annoying in a good stealth game, in my opinion. So I like uh, Metal Gear. I like the whole world. Uh, say what you want about how Hideo Kojima is now <laughs> with some of those games. I think so, some of these, uh, he's gone so far down the line of like really hyper explaining everything he does that it's kind of hard to understand where he's going with it. But Metal Gear, I think, was uh, like a, a perfect balance of like, it's it's really cool. The characters are really cool um, and learning about them and it, it, kind of almost believing that they're real was was the fun part of it and it also made you think a lot um especially about the patriots the la le lu le lo i've played one metal gear solid game i think okay which um, one i can't remember but it was good i, th- I enjoyed it okay but- did the character have blonde hair or brown hair the main character oh man do you okay Raiden, or was it Snake? Oh, that's the other thing. Um, in Metal Gear Solid Five, they changed Snake's voice actor from David Hayter to Kiefer Sutherland, and mm. um, I think that I want to say something that's inappropriate on the podcast because oh no, I know that like I know that Kiefer Sutherland is a very famous actor and he has a cool voice, but how can you do that to my boy? David Hayter's been Snake all the way from 1 until 4. And then you just throw him to the curb. Because some some guy that would be famous for... Uh, what, what was the TV show that he was in? 24. Yeah, 24. Or that other one where he was like the only politician left, so they made him president. <laughs> My wife loved that show. Yeah, well, because of that bullshit, I had to have Snake as Kiefer Sutherland, and it doesn't sound right. Yep. It doesn't sound right to me. I played four games with David Hayter, and the, the, the drama behind that was that David Hayter was just sitting there waiting for the call, and it just never came. Wow. So it's not like he wasn't available. See, I find it really interesting that you said you'd love all of the Metal Gear Solids except five. I enjoyed five, five for favorite. what it was, but five is just a lot like a lot of open world games. Mm, it's not. It's true. It's not special in that in that regard. Like it's there's a lot of open world games that do very similar things. Granted, yeah. at the time, uh, I think it did a lot of new things. But now looking back, how much different is it from an Assassin's Creed or yeah. one of those games? That was my opinion, but uh, it is always fun to like hide in a box and watch soldiers puzzle as to where you went. That's always amusing, amusing. Or uh, I think in five, you could, uh, you could jettison people into the air, right? Yes. You could stick them on on a weather balloon. Yeah. Yeah. That was also fun. I think um, Metal Gear Solid 5 was a a much better sandbox and gave the player a lot more options, whereas uh, 1 through 4 are more... They're linear in focus, but being linear, it gave you more of a... um, You had certain points that you have to 
you had to pass. There were less options on how you could do it, so you had to approach it in a... Do you know what I mean? You couldn't just yeah. skip something. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very hard for me to choose because uh, it could have been Snake Eater, could have been Sons of Liberty. I loved all of them. But yeah, that's my number two. Nice. I, it makes me so mad that you played a Metal Gear game and you don't even know who the main character was. Look, let's uh, just go with... I think it was a Metal Gear game. <laughs> he, he doesn't even know if he's played a Metal Gear game. Do you game. know what console it was on? We need, we need to move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we need to move on. This is going right. to make you too angry. Okay. <laughs> I'm not really angry, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um... Moving on to our next bottom game, starting with Pez. So our number two for our bottom five. No, this is number th three. No, for bottom five. Oh, oh it's we're going top I've bottom. Yeah, we're alternating. I've already had two. Yeah. Oh, right. You had um, because what was your other bottom? Oh yeah, it was PUBG. PUBG. Okay, so that makes it Caleb. Yes. Me, you say. Yes. I'm not. Hmm. I really. Did not like one-armed cook. <laughs> but you gave it a good review <laughs> on Steam. It's one of the only games you reviewed. What are you talking about? Hey, you said so yourself. You only review games that you hate or that you really love. But you gave it a positive review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Tell us all about it. It made me sick. Sick to my stomach. Well, yeah, you need to explain to people what kind of game it is. It, it's a, uh, oh, I don't know, a burger-making sim slash a hot dog-making sim where you are running a cafe and you have to serve people food that they ask for. And you've only got one arm. You've only got one arm. Yeah, but it, it, it's all physics-based, so you, um, it's one of these, it's like a Gen Z special um, it has physics in it, therefore it's good game. And it is yeah. true to a degree. Like, I had fun playing it. But you yeah. didn't. It, it seems like it would be a fun game, but they need... They they really... Okay, it, it could have also been the fact that I was playing on a huge screen, um, but it had no options to change field of view or anything, and I think that really um, made a... If, if there was a field of view slider... That would have made all the difference. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, if a game makes you physically sick, that that sucks, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing more to say about this game. Graphics aren't very good either. That's true. Yeah. Did oh, you get the uh, broccoli hat? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. Maybe that's why you think it's bad. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. My number two for my bottom five... <clears throat> Pez. I'm listening. Whatever happens next, can we still be friends? I'm probably just going to leave the podcast now. Okay. No, I'm joking. What is it? Diablo 3. Oh, okay. I never liked that game. I, uh, I played it. I played the story and I tried to get into it. And I played it until Act 2. I think Act 1 was okay. And then I got to Act 2 and I was in the desert. And I was like, man, this is uh, really, really boring. 
I think I was playing it alone as well, but I've also played it with friends after. We'll get to that in a second. But I just, it was just pretty bland. Uh, maybe that's because my experience with action, with uh, ARPGs, ISO ARPGs comes from Dark Alliance, which is a completely different style of game. Uh, I wasn't used to things just melting in front of me, but it's kind of, it's it's in a, a very boring way. Uh, that to me, w but I also learned that when I played Last Epoch or even Diablo 4, it was, it wasn't as bad in those games. Diablo 3, the second act was just incredibly lackluster to me. And then some moth killed the only character that I liked. And um, I just couldn't, I couldn't go on. The story was so stupid too. Like, I think, uh, I think people have this really weird idea. Uh, okay. So as someone that has grown up in a Christian environment, I don't know demons as such, but like, have you ever read the book Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis? I always think of, when I think of demons, I think of uh, the, the demons in Screwtape Letters and it's a Christian author. Obviously, he he wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but he writes the demons as being really smart. And I think, like, if there was if they were good at their job, then that's kind of what they would be like. But these demons were just dumb, monologuing like they belong as Ben 10 villains. And this <laughs> is an M15 plus game. It just, I felt... I was getting dumber the more I played it. So I just didn't like the story. And then I tried playing it with friends, but the experience I had was you'll be playing it and then one of your party gets this really good weapon and it just instantly made their character so much better than yours. You may as well just wait at the beginning of the dungeon and let them farm for you because it was like, I can't even keep up. And that was just from one drop. And then you'll go on and let's say you take a break. We would and we would do this at lands. We would try and play Diablo 3 at lands together. What a mistake. Because you have one person that has a character and then the the idea is okay guys, um you wait at the beginning of these uh at the adventure mode and just gain the XP and I'll turbo level you. And yes, it did that. But also you would get to the you would get um leveled to max in maybe ten minutes. Also you just have to travel through a few um a few maps just you know gaining the XP as someone mows down enemies. And then you're at max level, but you don't have any of the good gear yet. So it's still the same problem. They're way ahead of you. You can't catch up because they're progressing while you're like they're they're um helping you catch up, but you're not really catching up um, because they've already got the good gear. This doesn't give you the good gear. You have to grind on your own to get the good gear. And the good gear in Diablo 3 always defined how you would play the game. So it looked like the game would be very creative in how you could build your skill sets. And it is true early in the game that, oh man, you change these with runes and it does this cool thing. But once you get to the good gear, the good gear tells you exactly how you're going to play your class and what you're going to do. And you spend the rest of the game farming the same, uh, what are the, the last, their holes of torment, torment levels, something torment. Yeah. 
something to do with torments and um you just keep running those over and over and over again fighting the boss trying to do it as fast as possible so you can get the loot and hopefully you get the the next piece of armor that you need um i just found it incredibly treadmilly in that experience and it was always an uneven experience playing with other people unless you spent Ex- almost exactly the same amount of time and even then the rng guards gods could be against you so yeah i i i played it i did play quite a bit of it i had a few characters i never played the story through all the way i had a few game uh few characters power leveled and of course when you get power leveled you don't know how what makes a good build so <laughs> you're still stupid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not catching up um, so it's it's always like this disjointed thing where you can never catch up with your your friends that are super high level, but there isn't really a lot of incentive for them to play low level with you or anything like that. Um, I just never had good experiences playing it. So that's my number two. Yep. No, I get what you're saying, definitely. Um, I think I had seven max level characters and I thoroughly enjoyed the game but yes i had that experience of being power leveled it's it can be boring but how many of your seven characters were power leveled um probably i would say three okay yeah did you ever finish the story yes i did a few times oh my goodness how did you do it well i think i again this is so long ago but it was definitely I finished it once. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the the other times you didn't have to do it, you could just power level and get gear. Yes, you, you well, yeah, you could put the game in adventure mode after. Um, I think you could just go into a adventure mode at any time. It's one of the things that they wanted Diablo for. Anyways, um, if there are no objections, well, <laughs> you can't object. <laughs> Moving on to our top threes. Of um of gaming Pez. Okay. Uh top three. Look, I'm gonna go with a classic for me. Um I never saw any of my friends play this, and that is Stronghold. Yeah, you're right. I never played that. I know it. I know about it though. So I absolutely like I love medieval stuff. Like and this stronghold is try to go more realistic and it's got the full so it's an rts castle sim and it's got a great uh storyline you build your castle you build it was all about planting your crops getting the bakery making the bread uh having a quarry getting the stone to build the walls so it had that realism aspect to it but it also had Again, things in the game. Great music. I l- actually listened to some of the music. So after the sound design, um, both Pez and Caleb um, sent me their 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 YouTube playlists. Those are actually linked in the description of the of episode four. If you want to check those out, um, but strong, you have Stronghold in there. I was like, yes, this is way better than the RuneScape one. <laughs> Look, yes. But, I actually put it on at work. I made up. I made my colleagues listen to it during morning tea. Wow, that's that's pretty big. Yeah, but yeah, like it's just good 
medieval like tavern music, which is nice. Um, and yeah, good storyline, some decent voice acting. And who doesn't want to see catapults break down walls and you watch them actually break as it's happening? Can you put a cow in the catapult? Oh boy. You could shoot cows over the wall with the catapults. Hell yeah, brother. That's a based game. <laughs> and then they get diseased and die. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my. You're actually selling this game to me. I'm about it. I think I have a colleague at work. I have a friend at work that would um probably that probably plays this game or would play it. Yeah. Well, talk to them about it. No, I'm talking to you about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah. It and would, then, would you say that you're kind of the castle nerd in the same way train people or train people? Like train people will go to train stations and watch trains for hours. Would you go to Europe to just look at castles? Funny you say that. I have been to London and I've been to a few castles, yes. So most definitely. Yeah. Okay. You need to go um, to Germany and see Neuschwanstein. I think there's more impressive castles than Neuschwanstein. Neuschwanstein is, is well, I'm saying it wrong, but also it's... Uh, yeah, it's Wolfenstein. <laughs> it's Wolfenstein, <laughs> <Nice>. yeah. <laughs> All right, Caleb, your one? Number um, three. My number three, I'm going to say uh, Grand Theft Auto again, San Andreas. Nice. That was That was a wow moment game for me. <laughs> How can oh they God. all be wow? They can't all be World of Warcraft <laughs> moments. Uh, <laughs> but it was, sure, uh, it was a big moment for you. It was a big moment for me. I'd played GTA 3 and GTA Vice City. Um, and oh, Sorry, can you repeat that? It cut out on my end. Oh, I'd played GTA 3 and GTA Vice City. And San Andreas was just a... The, the world was so much bigger and it like there were three islands the same as all of the other Grand Theft Auto games that had come out so far but the three islands were like each of them was almost the size of the entire game of the other two yeah like, okay it, that's it a was big just, jump yeah it was a it felt and I may be misremembering because I was like 15 when I played it but it felt like the game was so huge and I just remember spending months playing that game. Yeah. Is that the one where uh, you could alter your physique by, you know, like you, if you ate a lot, you would get fat? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't bring that back though, did they, after that? No, I think, uh, I think it's in a similar vein to survival games. People didn't like having to watch and manage something yeah okay yeah gotcha like I'm i sure thought it was funny people who yeah, yeah. i think it, it would be fun if it was a feature that you could turn on or off mm. and it wasn't essential to the game yeah it, yeah i think the one that i remember the most is vice city because uh it, it had the chainsaw in it i just went to the nightclub where all the girls were offering you services and then um well i just chainsawed them yeah, that was quite a common thing for people our age back then. It sounds really dark ever... saying, like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I said it, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, someone's going to call the cops. But I don't do those things in real life. It was just a funny thing <laughs> that I did. 
Oh, yeah. you had a katana as well. I don't think I ever did those things in the game, but I know a ton of people who, when you talk about Grand Theft Auto, they're like, oh, yeah, I spent so much time killing people in that game. <laughs> like just hundreds and thousands. Really cathartic, you know. Really mm. made me feel like I was making progress in life, not like the real world. If I could, I would. <laughs> um, is... Uh, I was going to ask you something about San Andreas. What what makes that one stand out? Is it the size? It's the size of the world. Yeah, the size of the world and probably the music as well. Oh yeah, because um, all the GTAs had they have radio stations that play right. Yeah, and I think I think that's in your um, playlist as well. Yeah, it was. I'd put actually a few of the stations in there and it introduced me to music that I will constantly go back to. I always thought that was a cool feature. I played um, the original GTA and GTA 2 and when they made GTA 3, yes, that was a huge leap and people were very impressed, but I was like the only guy that was like, why can't it be top down? Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. We're on our our, um, our top three, right? Yep. Number three. What are you up to? All right. Okay. This is my one. <clears throat> this one was actually really hard for me to choose. I, I was wondering whether I would put this on the list or not, but I did it. And uh, you now have to live with the consequences. Dead Space is okay. my number three. It was the first horror game that I played. And I remember thinking to myself... Yeah, actually, I really like horror games. Now, to be fair, I don't think Dead Space is... I think a lot of people, I think a lot of horror Andes will say, uh, Dead Space isn't really horror, it's, it's Resident Evil 4 in space. And that might be true, but I didn't play Resident Evil 4 and I didn't play horror games until I was in my 20s. Uh, partially because I thought I wouldn't like them and uh, partially because it was just... Uh, when I was living at home with my family, those things were just out of the question. But I loved how everything was diegetic on Isaac Clark. This includes the remake as well. The remake was superb. I, I, I'm so sad that the remake for Dead Space will not be considered for Game of the Year. But like, it never could because it's a remake of an old game and it's also horror and horror is a niche that not everyone can f be fam uh, it's harder to get into than things like uh god of war ragnarok for example yeah. it's just it's just harder so it never can be the that but i wish it was in the conversation at least and probably re4 should be as well but what i loved about it is that it took the zombie idea completely flipped it on his head the weapons were so interesting everything on the hud of your character isaac clark is displayed on the body of the character so and even when you um, pick up audio logs everything plays while you're playing the game there is there are very few moments especially in the remake there's no loading screens in that um, but even in the first one there are very few moments where the game stops and it does such a good job of making you wonder if something is there. For those of you that don't know, uh, Dead Space is a sci-fi horror. You play as an engineer called Isaac Clark. Your girlfriend is on this uh, 
what's called a planet cracker called the Ishimura. And you're sent there because the Ishimura has gone dark. And then your ship kind of crashes into the Ishimura and you have to try and figure out what's going on. You soon realize that there's a whole bunch of meat people that are eating everyone called necromorphs. And basically, if you think of zombies, add a few limbs and spikes here and there. That's kind of what they're like. Some of them crawl around on the ground. Some of them walk upright and they have various attributes. Some of them look like babies with tentacles. There's that word again. Um... Oh yeah, and one of the bosses is just a giant asshole with t- tentacles. Like literally that. It's a giant sphincter and you um like it's <laughs> wow. and it puffs out gases at you. But anyways, uh I digress. The the whole um premise was that you use your tools, your engineering tools as weapons rather than you know having very many traditional weapons because you're an engineer and they so the first weapon you get and it's a gun that you can use through the entire game is the plasma cutter which kind of cuts in a well it shoots a projectile in a straight line that cuts things and the whole way you kill necromorphs is not by shooting them in the head but by cutting off their limbs so it just turns the whole dynamic of where you're aiming to to shoot things on its head and of course because it's a horror game you control like an absolute tank it takes you forever to turn around and um so you're like every decision you make you're kind of committing to what i really also like about dead space is that it strikes the really fine balance between being a video game and being um but in a horror setting so i'll explain this it's really difficult to make a horror game that is scary because the gaming aspect if you if you have too many gaming aspects you um you trade off for suspense of disbelief so a lot of horror games end up kind of being like walking simulators that's why they always kind of gravitate towards puzzle games because the more agency and power you give to the player um and the more the more they realize they're playing a game the less scary it is. Whereas you take those things away, it can be more immersive. But I actually like that it is a game, um, but it also has those those horror elements. Uh, it scared the, scared the crap out of me the first time I played it. It did a really good job of um, holding suspense and, and surprising you. I still remember the one time I went to uh, pick up a, a, a healing pod off the wall and a necromorph just burst out from behind the wall. And it only happens once in the game. It was so freaking scary. But... It only I happens ha- once, but then from every time you go to pick something up, you're like, oh. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And the remake just m- made um, those even better because it has a bit of a game director. So in the remake... Like in the first one, you can you know you can know where the enemy you can learn where the enemy spawns are. In the remake, they have a game director that alters the amount of enemies and the difficulty of the enemies depending on how you're playing. Slightly, wow. it's very um, in the background. Like it, it it doesn't affect you terribly, but it makes it it keeps it unpredictable. It's very good. But my favorite thing about this game is that it's kind of like my favorite horror movie event horizon did any of you see that one i have not oh man i don't think so that is an absolute gem of the 90s and everyone should be forced to watch it uh it 
Have you heard the name Lawrence Fishburne? I have. Yes. He's in that movie. You know the, the likes of Sam Neill? Uh, yes. yes. He's in that movie. Uh, and like, oh man, I still remember the scenes from it. It's so good. And every time I play Dead Space, it reminds me of this movie. And if you think about it, you should, Pez, you should watch Event Horizon because it's a movie about Warhammer. So, um, similar kind of thing. A spaceship goes dark, right? And they're in space and they go to see, um, they send a rescue team to find out why the spaceship went dark. And okay. it's a little bit different. So, Dead Space does it a little bit differently, but it's very, there's a lot of uh, nods back and forth. Okay, in, I get it. Yeah. So, in Event Horizon, the spaceship that you later learn um, about it is that it appears that the spaceship traveled so far to into the reaches of the the universe that it went to hell and then it came back. And then when the people came to rescue the ship, the corruption of the ship was trying to turn the the crew to send it back uh, back to hell. Yeah, sounds very familiar. Yeah, it sounds like the warp, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I there's there's two scenes that I'll always remember in that movie. The one is when they first get to the bridge and uh they're looking through the captain's um kind of like the the black box of the ship and they see the screen and it's like it's it's only a couple of seconds of footage. But the absolute debauchery that takes place on screen, I'm pretty sure it's censored in a lot of, <laughs> probably censored in a lot of <laughs> countries. I later learned, right? Because that that moment shocked me so bad that I was like, wow, I can't believe I just saw that. When they made the movie, what they did is they hired a bunch of adult entertainment people and completely separate and they the, like on a completely different day so these people never saw the actors and they just put them in a dark room and they're like we need to make this look as gross and as disgusting as possible go nuts wow okay and they really pulled it off because it really shocked me and of course there's also that so like at the end of the near the end of the movie Lawrence Fishburne is the good guy and Sam Neill is like sitting in the captain's seat and he does that, that, oh man, that line is like, where we're going, you won't need eyes to see. And his eyes have been taped, like he stapled his eyes shut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a lot of moments that in, in Dead Space that kind of like remind me of that. I love that, that kind of horror, horror, because uh, I don't know. Uh, sci-fi in space like being lost in space it it sounds really scary right yeah for sure um i i looked at the dead space games but it's probably too scary for me to play you wouldn't touch alan wake hey no not something i would play yeah okay yeah probably too scary for you yeah and like fear all those types of games can't can't do it i think um yeah Oh well, well that is that is my number three for the top one. Um, I think that's all of our number threes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only got one top one left. Is that because we we cop we had a double up? Yes, correct. Okay. All right. So bottom five, I'm up to number three. Pez, you'll be up to number four. Um. 
Yeah, I think so. And let's like let's go through these like quick. I'm trying. Okay. okay uh, so bottom five, Pez. What's your next one? Next one. Um, everyone wanted this to be good. I don't know what you two think, but for me, New World is in the bottom. Jeez, Asmund Gold does not agree with you. And no, actually, he does agree with you. But why is it in the bottom? So, it promised, I think it promised a lot, but there was nothing really, when it started out, there wasn't much to do. I think people would finish the game. I don't know if I actually finished the game because I was hearing all these stories and then, oh, why should I even keep playing? And it started to get repetitive. Right. So you heard people were leaving. So you wanted to leave because you don't want to be in a dead MMO. And what you were doing in it wasn't fun at the moment. Yeah, like it had cool concepts of, or you could cut down trees, mine, or discover things, create new items. But once you did all that, like then you were done and you got to the end game and there was nothing to do. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Caleb? Um, Miles Morales. On PS5 slash PS4. Okay. You what what stung you? Um it I think after playing Spider-Man uh I wanna I don't know what it's actually called. Spider-Man PS4 <laughs> slash whatever. I, I played the remastered version of it. But um after playing that and, and going straight into Miles Morales, I was like not only did it kind of feel like the same game just reskinned, but was also super short. Like I finished the main story with farting around in about 11 hours played and then had no desire to keep playing the rest of the game. So it should have been a VR game and then it, it would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> but playing the, um, playing the remastered Spider-Man before it was like, I, it was the first game I ever platinumed. Um, because I was like, this game is amazing. So it was a very stark difference. And I expected Miles Morales to be really good because I'd seen a lot of great reviews. And for me, it just did not hit the spot at all. It completely missed the mark. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I don't really, I didn't really play the Spider-Man games. Did you, Pez? The only Spider-Man is on Sega Mega Drive. That's the only time I've played one. Yeah. Okay. I lied. I played it on 8-bit, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, my number three for the bottom five is Assassin's Creed, the original Assassin's Creed. Wow. I wow. never liked the main character. He was, a, he was just arrogant. Um, he thought that he could do no wrong and literally the whole game he does wrong. Was that Ezio? No, no. Ezio's number two. Oh. Um, but. What was the name of the guy in the first one? Are oh, you going to make me look it up? Samus Aran? Wait, what? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Altair. Ah, uh, Altair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when he's uh, in the first one, he's very young and he's basically inexperienced but very talented. So he thinks he can do anything, and yep. but he fails at everything and then thinks it's not his fault until he realizes it is his fault. It's annoying yep. and stupid. But also you have Desmond. So the 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 thing with the what do they call the the synchro bed 
where Desmond uh, lies in the bed and then he he synchronizes with um, Altair. I don't actually remember. Okay, well, that's how good it was. I can't even remember it. Uh, I hated going back and forth between the worlds. I thought, like, they, it was a, an interesting gimmick at the time, but also when I think back to it, it's like it always annoyed me t- being taken out of the world that I was actually playing the game in just so I can see some cutscene in uh, our time or, or the future time um, where Desmond lived and Desmond wasn't very interesting either but yeah. the thing that I hated the most about it is that you're actually playing as the world's worst assassin because every mission you go to assassinate someone of high import, what happens? You assassinate them and then you get found out and then you have yep. to fight your way out every damn time it's hard coded into the game so you can never be a good assassin you're always an idiot so that's why assassin's creed is uh even though it brought a lot of good things again PUBG did this as well but i don't think that that makes it a good game uh i it also had the whole like press square to counter and, and just kill your opponent outright. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's why I put that there. Uh, I know a lot of people will disagree with that one, but so be it. So be it. Um, hot take. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. It's not a wow. hot take from you, Murray. <laughs> the Mur- it's not yeah, a- you've never played a Mur- lot of things, apparently. It's not a hot take. <laughs> you would actually have to play some games. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, you played a lot of games that aren't um, aren't in like the the basket of games that everyone plays, and that's that's fine. That's normal. Yeah, true. All right. Uh, so into our top games again. Our or no wait, did Caleb have one to go? I did. Uh, Miles Morales. Miles. Morales. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, for top fives again, number four, Pez. Um. Let's skip me, because I've only got one left. Oh, which one of yours was the same? Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Caleb. Elden Ring. Easy one. Okay. That was a... Um, it was my first Souls game, and I I loved it. Yeah. I, I think that, that was the say. same thing for a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people that weren't into Souls dived in at Elden Ring because of the hype behind it. And I think being open world made it more accessible. Um, yeah. Even though I say often that like I'm not a huge fan of um, making every game open world, Elden Ring does it in a really nice way, borrowed from... Um, what's that game with the elf in the green pyjamas called Zelda? <laughs> <laughs> the Legend of Zelda? <laughs> yeah, but the one before Tears of the Kingdom. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. It's borrowed from there. Um, but they did it really well. So, like, I think it caught a lot of people, and it's totally understandable why that's that would be in the top five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number four one is Remnant 2. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm putting a new one in there. I'm stepping out. I don't, I think I've, I've played enough of it to know how I feel about it. Um, why I have Remnant 2 there is because Remnant 1 was a very good game, but you could definitely tell it was still a double-A production, and there were things that I didn't like about it, like um, using your stamina when you're not in combat just seems like a chore. 
And like for each one of those complaints that I had for the first one, Remnant 2 pretty much solved all of them. And not only that, it goes further to see this is why i hate the souls like genre tag because it immediately compares it to dark souls but remnant 2 has done or, and remnant for, for that matter has gone and really made their own thing i don't think you could play remnant 2 and be like you can see where they got some inspiration from the soul series but they really are doing their own thing like their boss mechanics are very unique to them I would say they almost play almost like if there was a solo one-man raid in Destiny. In fact, that's yeah. probably how I would look at most of Remnant 2 is like, this is the Destiny I actually wanted when... <laughs> uh, when <laughs> it's, in, it's just in a different perspective. The story isn't um, the best, but what, I'm, what I love most about it are the clever boss dynamics. Um, you'll probably see YouTube videos of the 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 cube maze boss for example it's not just about shooting health bars which is a mistake that destiny sometimes make and a lot of first person shooters for that matter um all of their worlds that they they make so this is a world uh, a game about traveling to different worlds you're trying to figure out a way to stop earth's um infestation of basically evil ants called the root and um, you traveled randomly to these worlds that you've never been to, and each of them is exquisitely detailed. There are puzzles in them that are, they really make you think they're super cryptic. And what's even better about it, and why it's my number four, this is the actual reason, is that a lot of it is procedurally generated. So when you play the game, and the bosses, some bosses you don't get in a, one run through. So you have to play through the game multiple times to see everything. But mm. um, each run through is different because of the procedural generation. But the procedural generation is so good that we're getting to that point where I'm like, I can't really tell if this part was procedurally generated or if it was handcrafted. Yeah. And that's missing from a lot of games. I think that Remnant 2 has really pushed that boundary. I think that, um, hey, a lot of devs could learn from that. Um, as I'm looking at you, Diablo 4 dungeons. <laughs> like, <laughs> Imagine if every dungeon you played in Diablo 4 was... It, you couldn't tell it was procedurally generated. Because that's what Remnant 2 is, is like. Um, I think once you've spent enough game, time in the game, you'll, you'll get to that point. But it takes longer to get there. Um, and it's just an amazing world to uh, settle into and, and learn about, especially the NPCs in the world. Your main character and the people on Earth kind of suck, but the rest of the world is very interesting. So yeah, that's my number four. Also, really great guns that are unique um, and fire in unique ways that, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Destiny 2 exotics. But yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Nice. So bottom fives, we're up to number four for most people. Pets, do you have any more or are you done? Um, bottom, I think there's just one. No, I've got two more. Uh, so I will go with, this is a console port to PC, uh, Dungeon Siege 3. Ooh, I always wanted to play that game. It, looked, it had a really cool cover. Okay. What was wrong with it? Uh, the main thing, not a bad story. I loved one and two. Hold on, this uh, is an ARPG, isn't it? 
Yes, it completely changed. Oh, I did play this. I have it on PS3. You're right. That sucks. That game sucks. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, the camera. I could not stand the camera position because you could only see so far in front of you. I'm talking like no time to react and enemies are shooting you from off the screen. That's, the that's, that's funny. That's the main complaint in Diablo 4 at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, carry on. Yeah, so literally, I think that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, story was okay. Yeah, the classes, it played differently to 1 and 2, which threw me off as well. Not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, but... I understand that. Um, same thing happened with the Dawn of War series. Yeah, like Dungeon Siege 1 and 2. You're getting all these items, you're upgrading so much stuff. And then three comes along. I think you had a did you have a skill tree? Yeah, you did. Um I but played it was a class so different. that allows you to turn into like this elemental specter ghost thing. Yeah. The graphics were also just very blurry and, and dated. Correct. Yeah, so overall like I finished it, but I just felt like I should not have played it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Caleb? Marvel Heroes 2016. Is that even a... Is that a console game or is this a mobile game? It was a PC game. It oh. was Marvel's answer to Diablo. Yeah. Ultimate Alliance was really good, but I couldn't play it with you because you kept trying to throw cars at me. True. <laughs> <laughs> so what was I wrong just... with this one? I was really excited for it and I was like, oh, it's a Marvel game that's like multiplayer. I'll be able to play it with friends. And I actually wanted to play it with Johnny Tiv and I downloaded it. I got home. I fired it up. I was like, what the hell is even this? And just it, it was partially the top downness, but also I was just like, okay, this game kind of sucks. Did not play it. What so it played like an ARPG? So you like yeah. run top down. Was it that it was like pay to win in microtransactions or just ran poorly? Uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't like, I honestly didn't even play it enough to go, oh, this is pay to win in microtransactions. It was just, it stuck out to me as a game that was one that I was super pumped for and played it. And it was just like the biggest disappointment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You but, got sucked I mean, in by the Marvel magic. Yeah, and it's probably, I even feel a little bit like it's unfair for me to say it's one of my worst games because it was just my own expectation and it wasn't what I thought it was. But like, it's, it might not have actually been a bad game, but it yeah, just but the fact that, that it's So the fact that it's um, not known really now tells me that it, and it's the Marvel Universe, tells me that it flopped. So there yeah. were probably a lot of things wrong with it as well. I'm not sure. I may have played it, and it was very bare bones, but I can't remember. I played a lot of Marvel games that were bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, top fives. This should be our last ones. Pez? Last one. Um, now, this may be a hot take, but I enjoyed this game so much. Cyberpunk 2077. It was okay. a good game was a great game. Um, I'm with you there. I bought it day one. No, it, it wasn't a good game. It's now a good game. 
I disagree. I played I think it, it was good one. from the start. What do you mean? It had so many technical running problems. Like, and it, just because you had a good experience doesn't mean that the majority of people reporting bad experiences were wrong. I actually had a bad experience. But so I how really can it be good? The game. Did it run? Because some I, people couldn't did. run it. So I played it on PS5. I played the PS4 version on PS5. And it, it was, I think maybe like once an hour it would crash. That's bad. It, it remembered my save point and it didn't take too long to get back into it. And so it was like, ah, it crashed again. Okay, I'll just reload from where I was. No big deal. It was. It seems a like a big enough. deal to me. But okay. okay. It, is a, it, it is a big it, it is a big deal, but the gameplay was great enough that I enjoyed it and kept going back to it after the crashes instead of just being like, no, stuff this, I'm not going to play it. Yeah, okay. It's like, a, yeah, the ex was, she was so good at hugging and kissing, you just kept going back even though she hurt oh, you. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, go on, Pez. Sorry. Oh, that's so good. Um, look, I, I was extremely lucky. I understand that. Um, I had one bug where I had to reload back to a checkpoint. And other than that, people were peeing in the street and it didn't stop. Okay. Other than those two bugs, it was fine. Um, yes, around 45 FPS, so it was <laughs> pushing the limits. Yeah. Uh, was, it, was, it, was it a stable at 45? Because I, um, I can generally deal with a frame rate that's lower if it's, if it's consistent. It's, the thing that annoys me more is jumping between, say, 60 and 30 that's the thing that's annoying, like yeah, constantly sure. back and forth. Yeah, no, this was like between 45 and 55, both of the game. And luckily that's okay. where G-Seek uh, kicks in. So smooth, love the story, the voice acting, the setting, the guns, the music, the flippin' music, man. I listened to some of it. It's pretty good. Like, so, And that is now the music that's on my Spotify playlist. It's it, that's what brought me into cyberpunk music. Uh, yeah, um, I listened to some. Um, is it Extra Terror? Yes, um, I love Extra Terror. Yeah, Extra Terror is like um, very similar to the music that's in the game. Or don't they play some tracks in the game? I think he might have a couple in there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, and I'm actually keen now. I want to replay it, uh, ready for the expansion that's coming out. Yeah, Idris Elba. Yes. Did you see the um the the summer games thing where uh, Keanu Reeves was hyping it up? <laughs> it came across with it came across with so much um, "Hello, fellow kids" <laughs> energy yeah, that I, was, I felt a bit awkward. Even though I'm 30, I felt. <laughs> but yeah, Keanu is getting on. He's a cool guy, though. He makes yeah. good uh, John Wick movies, so I, I don't cool mind. Guy. And he's obviously a great character in the game so yeah yeah all right caleb oh this is this was a tough one for me i have like four different games that i want to say um but i probably have to say world of warcraft and specifically the legion expansion uh which one is legion i don't Uh, think many people know what world of warcraft is you're gonna have to describe it 
I'm kidding. Online MMORPG. I'm kidding. Which one's Legion? Legion was the. Uh, it was kind of their big chance at drawing people back. So Warlords of Draenor came out and everyone hated oh, it. Oh, not everyone hated it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I heard of Warlords of the Drain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Legion, Legion, they bought back Illidan from Burning Crusade. Um, sorry. So it goes vanilla um, Burning Crusade, it, Wrath of the Lich King, yep. then Cataclysm, then then Mists of Pandaria, then, then Warlords of Draenor, oh, and then Legion. Okay. Yeah. So seventh expansion. Well, seventh yep. uh, iteration. Yeah. They bought out a whole bunch of new things in it. it some people also hated Legion because it was the first instance of borrowed power, I believe. Yes. Or what people have now coined as borrowed power. I yeah, um, I, I, I I've heard of this yeah. one, yeah. I loved the crap out of that expansion. I um it was the last time I really did progressive mythic raiding with a, a group um from scratch and not joining a team who had already started. Uh and yeah, it's just overall, I, I really loved the design. Like the, um, I think it was also the first time you could choose where you wanted to quest in an expansion. Like you could go to any of the islands or any of the parts of the island you wanted to instead of being stuck to a linear path or a choice between two paths. Oh, okay. Is that where they did away with, uh, with um, Horde versus Alliance and let them kind of like intermingle? Or no. was that later? That was that was later. That was just the most recent expansion. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Dragonflight. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Um, I actually, I came back to WoW in Warlords of Draenor. Oh my goodness! I thought you were going to say that you just opened no. opened your sub again. Yeah. <laughs> and also went into Legion, and did Mythic raiding. Um, and yeah, I actually found that expansion really fun. So yeah, yeah, I also loved it. But it's it's the best one, would you say? Well, if I do it's in your or- top list, <laughs> I you're conflicted. I am conflicted. I want to chuck out a few honorable mentions. Hitman Two, yep, the most recent Hitman Two, um, and also God of War, both 2018 and Ragnarok together. I I feel like they're one story. All right. Um, I mean, we did say top five, but I guess some people just can't help cheating. <laughs> no, the, I understand totally. I want. I wanted to. I could go on all night. Pez is yeah. cringing. Um, He's like, let me go. I've got Warhammer <laughs> to do. <laughs> okay. Um, my last of my top five. Um, there has never been a perfect first-person shooter that is not named Titanfall Two. Uh, it's Titanfall 2. Um, wow. Yeah. Listen, you go go and look up um, Titanfall 2 review on any platform. You will not find a bad review. You will not find a bad user review other than it's currently being DDoSed and you can't play it. It's a tragedy. It's an absolute travesty what has happened to Titanfall 2 and it needs to be remembered, uh, I think, because Titanfall 2... It's amazing that the game even worked as it was in the sense that you imagine playing Call of Duty, right? But there are also giant mechs in it. And yet the giant mechs do not invalidate the tiny soldiers running around. 
how do you even pull that off? Well, Titanfall 2 does it. Um, and the answer is you get a grappling hook so you can jump onto the mechs and steal their batteries. Uh, so I think that Titanfall 2 did so many good things. Uh, for number, number one, the movement in that game is insane. Um, it allows you to wall run. It, the wall running in, in Titanfall 2, I think, is better than Apex, even though, you know, that's what Apex is known for. I think it's it's actually smoother in Titanfall 2. Um, you also have, of course, instead of having... So in Call of Duty, what is it? Uh, when you get a kill streak, you get rewarded, right? And you can yeah. call down a, a chopper or something like that. Well, instead of that in Titanfall 2, you get to call down uh, one of, like... Uh, North Star, Scorch. There's like a, about five mechs that you can choose from as part of your loadout. The so shooting was it, crisp. Yeah. Is it still being DDoSed? It's still being DDoSed. Or it may not be DDoSed, but no one knows to go back. So the only way to run it is to use a community side patch called North, the North Star client. And then try and run it that way. But then, because we're in Australia, you have to have a lobby worth of friends to play to have full games. So it's almost not even worth trying. And part of the travesty of why this all happened is because EA released Titanfall 2. So EA was the publisher for Titanfall 2. And they released it one week after Battlefield 1. And then no one bought it. Because they all bought Battlefield 1 a week earlier. Yeah, and then when they interviewed the guy from EA that was responsible for it, um, he's not worth remembering his name, uh, he said, we just assumed that people would buy both of them. Oh, man. And in a way, I kind of wonder if it wasn't EA's idea to sync Respawn Entertainment so that they could, um, so that they could buy them and then get them to as as like they knew they were a good studio and they wanted them under control so they could make them make games that they wanted them to make and kind of reduce the the competition almost i don't know it's it's it feels um it feels like almost like you have to be incredibly stupid to get that wrong on by mistake that's how i feel about it but yeah uh, yeah, so Imagine COD with um, wall running, but the wall running is interesting in a way that you can maintain momentum. Um, The guns are good to use. They feel crisp. And the interaction between what are called pilots, so the soldiers running around, and the mechs is perfectly balanced in a way that is interesting, whether you're a pilot fighting a mech or a mech fighting a pilot. Um, Yeah. It's just, it feels good. Also, you have a mech that can, um, you hold out your hand and when bullets are shot at you, he catches all the bullets with his um, a magnetic grip and then you throw all the bullets back at people. And that's always fun. It's never not fun. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think also it does suffer from a bit of a, a skill floor issue in the sense that people that are really good at the movement, uh, you ain't catching them. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't, if you're not as good at the movement you can you can kind of struggle they can really gap you um but the 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 single player campaign for it was amazing as well and it used all of those movement um abilities 
in the single player campaign, the whole single player campaign, you're um, paired up with a, a mech. Um, I can't remember its name, but mm. um, and you kind of work together as you proceed through it. Um, yeah, just a very it's it's the best first person shooter I've ever played in the sense of multiplayer. Um, it was a very interesting campaign as well. It wasn't. Um, it it certainly wasn't phoned in like some of the Battlefield and, and Call of Duty ones. I think yeah. one of the big criticisms for Timefall mm-hmm. One was that it didn't have any single player, and they completely corrected that. But you know, no one knows because EA are dumb, and they do dumb things. So. That is my number five. I don't think there's been a better uh, first-person shooter since. I think if I had to level any criticism at Timefall 2, it would be that some of the guns didn't differentiate themselves enough. But they're the same guns that are in Apex. So, like, just look at the guns at Apex. So those were in Titanfall 2. Also, I'm yes, I'm I'm mad that Titanfall 3 got cancelled for some dumb reason that doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> Yeah, let's get angry. <laughs> yeah, let's get mad about it. Well, did you play it, Pez? I never did, actually. Did you play Battlefield 1? I 100% did. Yeah, see? That's the problem. I am the problem, people. No, you're not the problem, but you're like, you're you're exactly describing the problem um, by your actions. It's like, people are only going to buy one of them in the space of a week. Like... It's crazy to think that so many people wouldn't. Anyways, um, that is the end of our top fives. So I think we'll do uh, our bottom ones. Um, So bottom five, last one, Pez, do you have any? Um, Just quickly, like I'm going to cheat with this one. Yeah. It's Warcraft 3 Remastered. (laughs) Reforged. (laughs) Reforged. I tried to warn you about that one too. It, it became known as Warcraft 3 refunded <laughs> <laughs> because like they promised one thing, delivered another. So, so many people just refunded it. Yeah. I think they wanted to, well, wasn't there a lawsuit? Cause they Possibly. just, they completely showed different footage in the trailers to what was in the game. And they said it was going to be in the game. Yeah. Like the new cutscenes and, and they stuff. ruined the old game. You yes, can't, exactly. yeah. You can't play the old game anymore because they made Reforged. So it's literally. Is that the turning point when Blizzard turned bad? Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, that's where they went. Um, they went into their villain arc. <laughs> yep. Caleb. Um. Hmm. It's a uh, Forspoken. Wow, I forgot that you played this. Yeah, I played it for fifty-five minutes. Really? And... That's what we're doing now. I talk to a cuff. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I don't, I don't need to say anything minutes. else about it. Yeah. You look up the clips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's everything wrong with how people write protagonists in 2023. Um, probably more. Okay. Um, I still have two more for my bottom five. So my fourth one, this game has a, it has its own folder in my Steam library called Funking Disappointment. Um, and this is the only game in that uh, that folder, and it's called Callisto Protocol. Oh. This game made me so mad. I felt cheated. I felt violated. 
Um, so Callisto Protocol is basically like if you looked at the trailers, you thought you were getting uh, Dead Space from the original maker of Dead Space, but different. Like, oh, we can't make Dead Space, so we're calling it Callisto Protocol, and we're making it new and better. Uh, and it's the, we've got the same guy making it, directing it. It's going to be lit, um, fam. So anyways, uh, it came out, and it was a stuttering. It stuttered worse than my stutter on this podcast. It's it's The frame rate was horrible. It would have these micro freezes everywhere. The gameplay was uh, so you would you would go up to a zombie, and then it would lock you into this on rail fighting sequence. So it's kind of like an interactive movie. Uh, so you hit them, and then when it's their turn to hit you, you press left or right on the joystick to automatically dodge. There's no timing to it. You just have to be holding it by the time they uh, they swing. And then if there are two do- um, dodges you need to do, you just alternate back and forth on the um, on the joystick. It's 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 stupid. But anytime you got involved with more than two uh, enemies fighting, well, you were pretty much stuffed because you can't run away because it's locked you into this fight com uh, this this melee combat sequence that you can't get out of. So it sacrificed everything about. Um, being a game to kind of make it look cinematic but then and it did it looked cinematic and the sound was amazing but it was just unfun to play from beginning to end uh what an epic colossal disappointment you bet i wrote a review about that one (laughs) one, yeah that one will remain on my bad list forever and it's it's such a dis- you know what it would have been better if they just they used um those actors and and everything and just make a netflix series it it plays out like a korean horror drama anyways so you may as well just make it one of those just skip the whole gameplay part the villain was so on the nose and stupid he is literally like a hologram that would show up and they would say yes uh welcome to my prison you're going uh, i'm the Hello, I'm the warden, and uh, I'm basically the bad guy. He didn't say it in those words, but that's what he was saying. And it was... Everything that came out of his mouth was stupid. I think if you have protagonists in a video game, and they say, let's finish this, as their call to action (laughs) moment, more than three times in the game, you have a writing problem. Let's finish this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so... I enjoyed cartoons when I was a kid, but like, are we really going to use Ben Ten lines on with adults? Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it was a very disappointing game for me, in spite of how visually impressive it was. But yeah. Um, does anyone have any more bottoms? Nah. Okay, so I'm on my last bottom. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the fifth element on PlayStation. Wow. Did any of you watch the movie? Yeah, I love the movie. The movie is amazing. That's why I bought the game. It was Bruce Willis and um Lilu Multipass. Um Yeah, that one. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Oh, Mia Djokovic. So the same person that um Resident Evil? Resident Evil, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. And uh 
Yeah, it, like for its time, I think it was a very good sci-fi movie. It has Gary Oldman in it. Um, you know the the saying where he's like, uh, "Send down the guards." Is like how many? And he's like, "All of them." And he like freaks out. I think you see that clip pretty often um, mixed in with YouTube videos. But that's that's yeah. from The Fifth Element. Also, like a uh, Ruby. Uh, I don't know that annoying guy that's like Corbin Dallas. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> Um, that's got, those are good things, kind of. Um, the movie was really awesome. The game was really bad and it didn't control well at all. So you could dive like in Max Payne, but the only thing that diving did, I should explain that it's a third person action shooter. Um, you play as Bruce Willis's character, Corbin Dallas. Um, and sometimes you play as Lilu. Lilu is only fighting, has only hand to hand combat. And Corbin Dallas has a bunch of guns, but that doesn't matter because the aiming is like sometimes if you're pointing in the general direction of the enemy, it it shoots them, and sometimes it doesn't. There wasn't really rhyme or reason to where you were aiming. You may as well have been drunk while playing the game. Uh, so like if you did a um, a dive roll with Corbin Dallas, does it avoid any bullets? No, it doesn't. And also. You shoot like one shot, it does no damage, and now you're you're like right next to the enemy because you dive towards them. Because of course, it controls like a potato. So you can't really... It was so frustrating to play this game, and the whole time I was trying to... like, And this is me as a kid, I would accept anything. I thought that A Bug's Life was a really good game, you know? Like, it I was. could play... <laughs> it was a good game, but like, you know what I mean? I could play pretty much anything and have fun but i still remember trying to play the fifth element and just getting mad that um because i so in my heart as a kid i was like there's no way that the that the people that made this game surely like the movie was really good they they loved the material here they made a product and they sold it to me so like, I didn't have a concept of lazy um, developments or, or cash grabs or anything like that. So when the dive roll didn't um, work or the aiming doesn't work or the controls of the character don't work, I assumed it was something I was doing wrong. And so I was getting mad at myself that I couldn't play this game and, and like, I couldn't improve or anything. It would only be when I get into my 30s that I can look up reviews and see, like, actually, you know, it just gave me um it just gave me a hard time. I hated that game. Um in hindsight. Yeah, yeah that sounds rough. Yeah. So that's it. That was um my bottom five. I I think that concludes it as well. Uh so very quickly, um top five for me was Dark Souls, Metal Gear Solid for uh Dead Space, Remnant 2, and Titanfall. And my bottom five were PUBG, Battlegrounds, Diablo 3, Assassin's Creed. Callisto Protocol and the Fifth Element. Yours, Pez? So my top ones were Stronghold, Half-Life Alex, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, Command and Conquer Red Alert, and Cyberpunk 2077. And the bottom ones are Bless Online, Dungeon Siege 3, Warcraft 3 Remastered, New World, and PUBG as well. Okay, Caleb? Uh, my top ones were Grand Theft Auto 5, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Skyrim, uh, God of War 2018 <laughs> and Ragnarok. Wait, did I say a fifth one? You added in God of War after the fifth one. No, I think you missed one. 
Ah, where did you miss one? The God of War was like an extra, wasn't it? Yeah, it was supposed to be. Wait, say your top five again. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Five. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah. Skyrim. Yes. Oh, World of Warcraft Legion. That's it. Yeah. That was the uh, one I missed. And uh, wait, no, I did miss one. Well, now you have space for uh, God of War Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. God of War Ragnarok. (laughs) I'm sure we'll (laughs) listen to this back again and be like, wow, what an idiot. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. So you you missed one. But we all yeah. know why God of War was uh, so good. It's um, a cinematic experience. You're a dad. Um, yeah. Kratos is a dad. Yeah. I oh. almost put God of War 3 in in um, my top one, and I was going to talk about how much I miss it not being a dad simulator. But <laughs> uh, um, for the viewers, the listeners, it was Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. I can't believe you forgot your best games. And then um, bottom five? Fury, Miles Morales, One-Armed Cook, Marvel Heroes, and Forspoken. Okay, that was our top fives and bottom fives. Uh, We would love to hear what your top fives and bottom fives are. Let us know any way you know how. Uh, Maybe we'll put something in the description below and you can can contact us there. We would love to hear it. Um, But for now, that has been me, Rob, and we've had Caleb and Pez. Hey, thank you. All right. Good night, everyone. We'll be back real soon. Let's do this. Let's do it. See us.